Before today's episode, I wish to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, and recognise their continued connection to the beautiful land and sea. I'd also like to pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging, and I extend this acknowledgement to the traditional owners of the land my listeners are on. Welcome to Ritual the Podcast, your cottage in the woods, a sacred space for the witches, the healers, the magical folk to meet and speak of wisdom, witchery and old world magic, where people come to learn, to hear stories, to share secrets and to be free to be their true selves. Welcome to Ritual. Hello everyone and welcome back to Ritual the Podcast. My name is Amy Harvey and I am with the amazing Patrick Harvey once more for the first time in 2023. 2023. Merry Christmas. Happy Happy New Year. Year. Happy Lunar Year. Happy Hanukkah. Um, do we miss anything else? Happy birthday. Yes. Happy birthday. Happy anniversary. <laughs> All the happies. Condolences. For losing the grand finals of the <laughs> that basketballs. Was <laughs> um, all the stuff. We're here um, for the highs. We're here for the lows. Blues. We are back. <laughs> new year. New, new, new us. Us. New everything. Same old us. <laughs> kind of. Mm, yeah. We, um, it's been a bit of a break for a reason. We, I am no longer with child. The child is in fact sleeping in his bed as we speak. The child is now external. So, um, the child (laughs) is external and I, we had a baby. Uh, his name is Poet and he is adorable. Very, very cute. And that is what we're actually going to be talking about today because I had a lot of people want to know how what happened? And you know what? It's not a story where you went, it was good. It just, you know, I had a baby and he popped down. That was it. Otherwise, mm. this would be a very boring episode. And it is, in fact. It would still be beautiful, but it would, it be, would be beautiful. It wouldn't it, be. It wouldn't be an episode to listen to on a walk because it would be very quick. True. This is a very long story. Um and it's probably going to be one of the most intense episodes I think we have done. Yeah. Um, this is not going to be a episode of comedy, unfortunately, if that's what no. you're here for. Um, this is a, a intense one, but I think it's a very important one for reasons which I'll probably get into after yeah. the story. Um, but we will actually be traveling back in time to the start of last no sorry of 2021 the end of end of sorry end of 2021 so we were in december yeah um so we were actually pregnant then with a different baby um and this would be yeah so very 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 early on um very excited and we traveled through christmas into the new year and then um you may remember when i had we'd gone away to golden beach Mm -hmm. and i was like saying on instagram i was going to do all these different like 
see witch things and beach magic and all that. And then I very abruptly said that we had to leave. Something had happened. And then I kind of went quiet for a while. Mm. Um, and I haven't discussed this at all publicly. Um, I think, I don't know why. I think I just wasn't ready for a while. And then, yeah. I don't know, I just didn't. But And it's not... It's not a very... Well, it's not. it's not something that, you know, you or I... I'm a very private person when it yeah. comes to my life. Like even within friends and stuff, I most you don't tell people anything. I don't really, yeah, just like throw out information about my life unless I. It's like a very close knit, but even then, sometimes I keep you, my cards my, to my chest. You leave a lot of information mm. out. Um. So basically, what happened is we we were in Golden Beach and everything was going really well. Um, and I had just had a phone call from the doctor saying that I had got my bloods and everything was great. Um, and that was it. Everything yeah. was good. Um, and so we had been there for about two days and spent time in the water and the sunshine. And then on the third morning I woke up and I had this really weird, like pain in my stomach. Um, and I wasn't quite sure what it was. I thought that maybe I had pulled something when I went walking because I went walked too far as I had always pushed myself too far. But anyway, I, I just kind of put it off to that. And then very quickly, I realized that I was in fact bleeding. Um, and that's probably everybody's worst nightmare. Obviously, when you're hmm. having a baby, you don't want that. And I have never experienced anything like this before. Um, so it was a very foreign, like, what do we do situation? Both of us were kind of just like walking around in a circle. Like, what do we, what do we do? Yeah. Um, and thankfully we have the most amazing doctor in the world. Like legit, he is an angel from the sky and I've known him since I was three years old. And so we were like, let's call David. David will know what to do. So we called him and he's always very reassuring. He's like, these things can happen. Mate, the best thing to do is just go to the hospital and just have a quick scan. Just make sure everything's fine. And can I just quickly say as well, at this point, we hadn't had our six-week scan. So we were, I was six weeks, but we were yet to have the scan. Six, yeah, six and a half. Yeah. It was booked in for when we came back. Yeah. And so anyway, we packed up the kids we went from Golden Beach to Sale Seal. Hospital. So this total foreign um, place that we'd never been to. And it was during, I mean, it still is COVID time, but during this, we were fresh out of COVID and I, Patty wasn't allowed in with me. So I had to go into Sale Hospital by myself um, and sit in the waiting room, basically like having a mini anxiety attack because I was just like, watch is going on there will be a lot of swearing in this just (laughs) um and so anyway may i just say the staff and this is an important point because this will come back later Mm. the staff at sale hospital were amazing i had two male nurses who were the most like beautiful people because they could tell i was extremely worried And they were really lovely, so caring, like trying to like make jokes, but in a um, considerate way, Mm. not in a stupid way. 
um very very lovely people the doctor was really good and basically I got through to have a scan um and they saw a heartbeat which was what we wanted and so I messaged it to Patty and I was like there's a heartbeat everything's yeah. fine and the doctor said that I forgot the words he called it a he called it a something miscarriage remember there was like a, a word for it basically he w- it was like like a false one it was kind of like a false miscarriage but mm. it was like it it could be but it wasn't um so he just said everything should be fine you just need to rest and mm. sometimes blood can get caught and it's all good mm. um and so we and sorry just on no, 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 on, you go. on on you know my part of that was i had the kids with me the kids were with um me. we were actually meant to meet up with hannah the suburban witch yeah that that's day. right so she before she like, moved to queensland you can, you can bring the kids here and it was just like we were all over yeah. the place that day so i had them at a park obviously i'm texting amy getting updates um you know just quietly shitting myself um and trying to keep a, a happy face on for the kids but a uh, little bit distracted probably and then it got to sitting in the car park and when's mommy calling? I'm like, mm. any minute now, just waiting to hear from her. And then I got the video of the heartbeat and that's whenever I, I lost it in the car. Yeah. And then the kids are like, what's wrong? And I'm like, no, nah, everything's fine. Everything's great. And then it was like, um, mommy's coming out in a few minutes. Let's, you've been so good. Let's go to McDonald's. And they were like, yay. <laughs> so it was like, uh, elation. It was just this like little cele- celebration. Relief. Yeah. Because it was, what was it, about four or five o'clock by this point. Yeah. And it'd it been was... going on since the morning. So it, yeah. it was a long day and I didn't have the scan till about four o'clock. Yeah. So it was a very long day. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we, I got told to go home and rest. It's all cool. Um, so went home and then through the night and into the next morning, I unfortunately kept bleeding. Um, and so I called our doctor again and I was like, this is the situation. Like, what's, what do I do? And again, he was like, you know, maybe it's worth going, um, back to the hospital, um, just to, you know, check your the pregnancy hormone levels to make sure they're not dropping and all that. And I just had that gut feeling that it wasn't going to be okay. I just, I don't know. I just knew. And I was said to Patty, I'm like, I think we should just go home because the hospital is around the corner from our house. And I'm like, I think if anything was to go wrong, I would prefer just to be in our own home. Like we're three hours away from home. If we need people, We've got people like we're just completely alone here. Mm. Um, let's go. So we had to break the news to the kids that our holiday was now being cut extremely short, it as was, in we're leaving right now. Yeah, it was. Poor Patty like, had to run around like a headless chook and pack the car. It, well, because we were there for seven, seven nights. Days. Yeah. Uh, and seven or eight days. And we, I'd unpacked like we're home. And when Amy and I were in we the We had room, done a full shop. A full food shop. Full shop. And we had the dogs with us in the yeah, boot. So it was just. It was chaos. I was like, Amy's like, we're, we're, we, we, I feel like we should go. And I'm like, right, we'll be in the car in an hour. 
So when I told the kids, of course, two days into their they wake trip and their beach babies, they were so distraught. And then I was like, you can have McDonald's again. Yeah, and they you were can like, have anything. <laughs> but they also could tell something yeah. was happening. They could, of course Poppy. they could. She's Poppy. very... Poppy's very sensitive. Yeah. Um, and not, I mean... I mean, she is, as in she's a war. She's an adult um, and she can yeah, <laughs> pretty a... much see what's going on. So it was a quick pack up and... A long, again, a long drive. It seemed Very to go long, yeah. forever. And as we were driving, I started getting these like really bad um, stomach cramps and they just got worse and worse and worse as we were driving. And basically what the plan was going to be was that um, my dad was going to look after the kids and Patty and I were going to go to the hospital and see what was going on. But Patty's like, I'm going to, I have to drop you. Like if you're having these pains, you need to go to the hospital now. And thankfully my dad was making his way to our house. So Patty dropped me in the waiting room and then he went home with the kids where he was going to, he switched with my dad. Um, And so I was in the waiting room um, and I, I'm pretty sure I was waiting for what, five hours, like something ridiculous. And this is, this is where the story really takes a downward turn. Um, Not that it was happy before, but I think you'd been there two hours whenever I got there. And the lady who I spoke to, she, we won't, we won't say she was a nice person, um, she wasn't the most welcoming when I went in and may I just point out in no way am I against like medical staff. I think nurses especially are amazing. Especially creatures. emergency department. Like I have so much respect for nurses and they get so much shit from people, especially like during COVID times. I understand like everyone was understaffed under the pump, extremely tired. And I am so um aware of that and like grateful for nurses however i think there's also a way to treat humans this lady obviously missed that part when she went to nursing school um and so anyway she wasn't the most friendly person when i checked in and i had told her what i thought was maybe happening and that we had been to the hospital and this was happening and da 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 and she told me to sit down and i so I sat in the waiting room bleeding for five hours um, and Patty arrived and I like was basically just like sitting because I was too scared to move in case something horrible happened. And eventually they, she called me up and said I could go in and there was a sign on the wall that said that you could have a support person with you. So this whole time I was like, thank God Patty can come in with me. And we'd seen, and we'd seen people go in with other partners. And so we got up and he got up and she immediately goes, what are you doing? Who are you? Who are you? And I was like, that's my husband. He's coming in with me. And she goes, nah, sorry, you're not coming in. And so I burst into tears immediately because that I I was really scared that I would have to go through this by myself. Cause at this point I'm kind of like knowing what's happening and um, she was horrible. She was so rude and basically would not let Patty in at all. And Patty's like, please, can you let me in? I just want to sit with her. I just like, I need to be with her. And she was like, nah, sorry, you need to sit down. Hmm. And so in she brings me to this room and she also brought some other people in as well. And 
I can hear them being treated. And again, I'm sitting here by myself forever, just waiting. And this person had like a little cut on their leg and like someone else had something that was very I remember that. Like, there was a guy mild. with like a cut on his leg. It, was, it wasn't It wasn't an huge. emergency. And I'm sitting there yeah. bleeding, going like, you know what's happening to me. I need to know what's going on. And so anyway, this nurse comes in and she starts like, joking around with me about what needle she's going to stab in my arm and that she doesn't know how the blood pressure machine works and do I know how it works and all this stuff and I'm just sitting there going like this is not the audience for your comedy for some reason I'm not finding you very funny and I think you need to be a little bit more um compassionate compassionate. like you, you know I've spoken to you know what is happening to me I need you to be understanding. And she just wasn't at all. And then, um, again, no doctor for such a long time. Mm. And so she, and it's not like we understand how emergency departments work. It's yeah. not. I've been we, in we emergency get departments a million times. Like, I, I, I get it. It was more that. It was more that. And I get there, there's not meant to be preferential treatment. But in the three bars or whatever it was that I was with you, you know, you were seeing people go in, like you say, with, with, with like. A blood nose and something. And not to be too graphic, I mean, like... but I was literally bleeding. Like my pants were covered in blood mm. and no one even like offered any assistance. And I get you're busy and stuff, but there's like little things like that where you go, this situation is just absolutely taking. It'd be great if we had died. an answer at least. Yeah. And we knew what it was. Because when I was in the hospital in sale, I was seen straight away. Everything was like, go, 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 go. And yeah. I, I get it's like rural and this is a bit more inward, but whatever. So anyway, then this is the real, the real time she shines. She is obviously handing over to her nurse taker over. And she stands in the doorway of my room and she goes, uh, this is Amy, um, six weeks pregnant, probably a miss, um, blah, 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 blah. And then like winks at me. And now this is the very first time I've actually heard that I'm having a miscarriage. And that's how it was said to me through somebody else in this like casual, whatever way. This is Amy, six weeks, probably a miss. And I just sat there. It's like someone had punched me. Like I didn't know what to say. And usually I could be quite snappy if someone was that rude. I would usually bite back. But that really got me. And I, she left and I burst into tears and I called Patty and I told him what was going on. And so Patty's in the waiting room, like we're separate. So he's in the waiting room. He goes up to the reception person. He's like, you need to let me in. Mm. Right. Well, you can tell this part. This is mm. Oh, well, I just begged. I was begging. I'm like, please, please let me in with my wife. And she said, I can't let you in. And I said, I know, but I've seen other people go in. Yeah, but they... Are they need assistance? I mean, my wife needs assistance. Uh, I said, apparently, a, a nurse has just told some other nurse in front of her she's having a miscarriage. We didn't know that for certain. I need to go and see her. We can't let you in. I said, you can do do a rat test. I, I don't like just. I need I need to be able to see her. I'm, you, I can't let you in. And I'm like, is there anything I can do? No. Is there anyone superior I can speak to? No. And I'm like, I, I and I'm, I'm <laughs> there's always that idea. I think in an instance like that where someone goes. Oh, 
I just burst the fucking doors down and get in there. But you don't want to be the guy or girl who gets, who, who gets dragged out of a, a hospital. And then I don't even get to see Amy. Mm. And then Amy comes out. And as much as the idea of, oh, wow, he tried to see me. How heroic. The idea, the, re- the realistic side of it would be, really? You made it that in you couldn't even compose yourself like i'm the one dealing with this physically i needed you here and meanwhile you're out talking to police so there's definitely a time and a place like if someone's getting mugged mm-hmm. um I, I didn't i couldn't sort of bring myself to you know i, I didn't want to get upset uh loud or, or anything and um i tried i begged and pleaded i batted my eyelids um nothing, nothing. and that, that that was it for me i i basically just had to admit defeat and yeah. sit down and just wait, wait. And, and get text messages and calls from yeah. you in tears and so it was at this point that a doctor finally came in to see me and he had the blood results and he said um he was like it's like he was reading me the lunch menu so he just walked in and he goes yep so got your blood results um, the pregnancy hormone is now at this number. So that obviously means a miscarriage. So uh, come back tomorrow, get a scan, make sure it's all gone. And uh, yeah, you're free to go. And that was how I found out that I had lost the baby. And I, again, like, what do you say? What mm. do you say to that? I had no fight in me at all. So um, thankfully there was one nurse who came in after who had her heart and is what I, I see a nurse as. And she gave me a big hug and she was like, I'm really sorry. Can I get you anything like really lovely? Thank God. Um, but then I left and Patty and I basically cried in the car park forever. Mm. Um, and then it was horrible. Like the next day I had to go and get a scan and I'm sitting in between two fully pregnant women knowing that they're going to see their healthy baby and I'm going to see nothing um which Mm. is essentially what happened like everything had passed and the baby had gone so um it was a really full-on time um Mm. and one that I never want to and would never wish on anybody um because it's not something that I like you hear people have a miscarriage. You hear people, friends of friends, well, is whatever. It one, in, one in three. Or one it's in two. one in like three or four women have a miscarriage. And they say, sometimes you don't even realize that you have had one. Um, but it's something that I, because I'd had two healthy pregnancies before I never even really thought about it. Um, and so when it happened, I was like, this can't, be happening to me like this happens to other people but the fact that it's like it was happening to me and it happened it was something I had never been mentally prepped for at all Mm. and didn't know how to feel and no one tells you the loss that you will feel for some for somebody that you haven't even met yet Mm. um and this is something we'll get into later because it's part of the reason why I wanted to do this episode, but um, it was definitely a really rough time. Um, Yeah, it was hard. And not only that, then us 
knowing we'd told a few people. Um, yeah. We'd bought clothes. We'd bought um, clothes. Which, we had a due date. <clears throat> which didn't make it easy. And no. then um, and then we had to tell the kids uh, who were, yeah, you know, that was bad. really excited. Um, and um, that was, I think it was the day after was I obviously wanted to give Amy space and you wanted to you just needed to rest so yeah. um i think we told them we told them that morning yeah and um i brought them out to the cinema and we had told them that um we weren't gonna have a baby and then they said uh, why and and we said um because the baby had to go up and be a star in the sky. Yeah, they were needed somewhere else. And what was the? It was the honeybee. Yeah. What was the reference to the honeybee? Oh, because I had done cards. I had done oh, so when the, right. when it was all going on and we were in Golden Beach. I pulled cards because I was like, "What? What the?" fuck is going on like yeah. what is this happening is a big part of the can somebody yeah. please give me guidance as to what is going on and so i got these cards one of them was a honeybee and the other one was a card soul journey about a soul journey and it was saying basically that um there was a journey that was not yet complete um but that's where they needed to be and so I took that as and you got they're either you a resilience or something. Like, yeah, the yeah. other one was like resilience, no feminine, feminine power. power. Um, and so I was like, well, the feminine power. I was obviously like, right, I need to like keep it together. And yeah, you know, I'm quite good in these emergency situations. So I think it was kind of like, do your thing, get through this. You need to be like mentally strong. Um. And then the other one I took as either they're fighting to stay with us or they're needed somewhere else. And so obviously the way it worked out, we knew that they, whoever they were, they were needed somewhere else. They needed to do mm. something amazing with somebody else. Um, and that's essentially what we said to the kids is that they were with us, but now they need to go um, to wherever they are. And, and unfortunately they're not with us anymore. And then Noah, he was the one that said that they, because not that long before, was it when Archie died? Archie died after. Oh, it was after. Oh, yeah. That's, oh, we'll get back to that. Um, so Noah was the one that said he's up in the sky, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. He said something adorable like that. So well, we, well, we had said um, that the baby had to go and be a star. That's right. Up in the sky. Which and, I think helped because it gave them something mm, to look up at and acknowledge. And I know. And so what happened as well was um, in the pregnancy app, it gives you a size guide. That's what it was. And at six and a half weeks, um, it was a picture of a honeybee. And Amy and I had said um, it was our little honeybee. And, and then I had pulled the hunt, the bee card. You pulled the bee card, which we, which was like obviously That's connected right. to that. And so then, when Patty and I were sitting outside, and it had all just happened, this little bee was flying around us. Yeah. And then later on that day, Poppy comes inside and was telling us how she had been talking to a bee. She and said hello to it. When we came out of the cinema, she oh god, <laughs> I lost, I lost it because 
we walked out of the cinema together to, to go home and there was a bee flew mm. in front of Poppy and she went, hello, hello, baby. And I went, oh, But she Jesus. didn't even know we had had this conversation about bees. So it all just aligned. And so now we call them our little honeybee yeah. who comes to visit every once in a yeah. while. And can I just say that for someone who'd just gone through that in the hospital um, by yourself, um, that you came out and said, you know what, maybe this baby wasn't ours and it wasn't meant for us. Maybe they were needed elsewhere. Um, and maybe that card was true. Maybe they were on a different yeah. journey and we weren't meant to have them. And maybe our baby's still out there um, and we'll get them one day. Mm-hmm. And I think for literally... Like that didn't happen four days, five days a week, two months later. That happened, you know, minutes after you found out. Um, I think that's a real, a real testament to you and how incredible you are. Um, I think you need to think that way, otherwise you'll like mm. lose it. Well, that's how I felt anyway. I needed some kind of hope to grasp onto because mm. it was pretty bad. It was a pretty hard thing to go through. Um, I couldn't imagine what you were feeling and um even just seeing through your eyes and hearing it was like something out of a movie like it just the way it all unfolded oh also after that i got a text message from the hospital going congratulations on your baby come in and have your sick it was was your scan whatever scan and patty like i was in the middle of the supermarket and i got that and again i feel like someone slapped me in the face I'm like, how insensitive, like, was that hospital as well, your hospital where it all happened. And now you're messaging me saying, congratulations on your baby. And so Patty had to call them and go, Hey, we actually lost that baby. But thank you for texting us. And then it was like, even the, the ultrasound place messaged as well. Mm. And and I phoned them. They they hadn't like changed any records or anything. It was just a massive. So I phoned them as well. And they're like, oh, okay. Would you want to reschedule? And I'm like, no. no and i explained sort of what had happened uh, and they go oh, okay well we'll just take you off that list then like yeah mm. thank you she probably should do that so um what followed was a new kind of anxiety i guess of um you know obviously you want to grieve and go through that but at the same time you're you're like all oh, i'm owed a baby <laughs> you know like i was i had a baby and now I don't have a baby anymore mm. and I want one. Um, I need my baby back. And so we knew that we didn't really want to wait. Like we wanted to try and have And that baby. was the discussion. I think that was, that's a lot of like a, a difficult discussion to have. But at the same time, you know, we'd been through. So we'd, we'd always said we were going to have three. We always wanted three babies. Yeah whatever reason we like three 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 and then when we had poppy and then we had noah we had said i feel like there's someone missing at the table i feel like there's someone who's meant to be here and they're not and we need them and then when it came to COVID, yeah it came to crunch time schooling really made us go do we want (laughs) three well well, what happened as well you know i mean i run my own business (laughs) amy runs her own business 
and we were like you know in a year and a half or whatever it was at that time you know Noah's going to be in prep we're going to have them both at school um we'll be leveling we'll be, up to a new kind of to, yeah a new kind of reality and so the conversation freedom. went what are we doing and we both had kind of sort of decided at that point that maybe we weren't yeah. going to try for a third at which point we both broke down crying because mm-hmm. for however long we were convinced we were having three so we kind of went through this mourning or grieving process because of this baby that we thought was yeah. ours and then we like let's get back to each other in six months and i think it was probably three months later not even where i went hey so i've been having a thought and you're like no, i've been having a thought we were gonna <laughs> we're giving away the baby books that we had um and yeah well, like i was I gonna you're... pack them up for a friend and then that was like just so hard to do because that was almost like the official first move to not having another baby and we were both like it was like no. hey so i've been thinking about the whole baby thing it's like me too why what, yeah. are, you, what are you thinking <laughs> well i've been thinking do you want one because i do i'm like i think so. i think so, so and we, i mean we knew we wanted one which so, is why after this we're like no we want and that's what baby. that's when that conversation happened was i i kind of like i kind of wanted to be super sensitive with, with amy as well because you need to you know breathe. you physically went through it we, we both emotionally went through it you went through it in a very different way emotionally mm. and you went through it obviously physically and so you felt it in a very very different way than i did so i was like you know because they said you know obviously one of you your your body's ready so you're it's a good time to get pregnant and i'm like shit it's a bit i know it's soon kind of a... and so yeah we had but that also, conversation i and i i'm not this is not an open discussion by the way for um vaccine people to come in because i I don't care um but i had obviously had my covid booster and then it all happened like a few months later and again don't want to hear anyone's thoughts Mm. on that that was my personal choice whatever conversation closed but i had that because you blame yourself but you also start looking for answers you you do because especially i am a problem solver so i'm going well what was it that went wrong and did i not eat enough fruit did i he was like you know it's no one's fault sometimes these things happen and that's your body's way of like making sure there are no complications in the future Hmm. not your fault but i'm going what did i do wrong did i was it because i went for a, a walk that was too long was it because i had that booster are all those people right is this what happens and so you torture yourself on reasons why it happened and then when you know you're going for another baby you're trying to go well, what what can what can i do that was different because obviously i did something which caused that and it creates this like new level of anxiety mm. that I, I mean, obviously when you are trying for a baby, you are worried that it's not going to happen, but this is like, you know, salt on a wound. Like now I have even more reasons to worry because it actually happened and I know what's going to happen. And what if it happens again? Well, nothing's a reality really for until you until is. you experience it. And, and it's, so- it's kind of like, you know, you go through your whole life and you've never lost anyone close to you and then someone close to you passes away and so then you, you worry go, about everyone. Fuck, everyone's going to die. 
And so, and it's like almost a cruel joke in that one of the biggest reasons why people can lose a baby is from stress. Mm. And you're like, how the fuck am I not supposed to be stressed after everything that happened? Mm. And so what came after that was this like real roller coaster of emotions because I was just worried all the time. Yeah. And I was like, what if there's something wrong with me and I can't have a baby anymore? And we went through this whole thing to decide on one. And, you know, it was just like up and down, up and down. And so then mm. we thankfully did get pregnant again. About, it was probably about it was four pretty months, quick, like three, very, very later. grateful. It was very, we're, I will say that we were really lucky and we're really, really blessed. And we don't, um, we don't, you know, ignore that fact. Um, we have friends who've tr tried to conceive for years and years yeah. um, and, and lost babies um, uh, uh, in that process as well. Um, so we're not sort of naive to the fact that we're, we're really lucky and blessed. Um, again, this is just like, just this is just our experience. This is just us talking. Um, and also um, it's just, it's just us talking so that other people kind of, no matter what they go through, it's every experience is valid. Everyone's different and yeah, and but every yeah. every experience is valid, and nothing is worse than the other. It's just an individual experience that people go through. Yeah. That's that's it. And so yes, we did get pregnant again, and let me tell you, the wait for the six week scan, I feel like it lasted maybe four years. Like it just mm. went on forever, and mm. every little. And this is what people don't tell you. Like you hear people who have had a miscarriage and obviously it's shit when it happens, but I don't think people speak enough about the aftermath because every little pain and ache and twinge and whatever, I was like, is it happening again? Is it happening again? Am mm. I okay? Am I about to lose them? And no one talks about that part. And I didn't realize mm. how... Um, intense that would be because when you are growing a baby, you have pains and aches and all that all the time, especially when it's not your first baby because your body is moving so quickly. Um, and I had just been pregnant. So I was, you could tell I was pregnant before I'd even done a test. Mm. And so every day I was basically like in tears or had this severe anxiety because I'm like, it's going to happen again. Mm. What if it happens again? And then I would go, you can't think about that because if you think about it, you'll manifest it and you'll make it happen. And so you're in this, you'll like, get stressed. you're in this just bubble of your own chaos that, and you're like, would you just shut the fuck up and just be positive or don't even think about it. And, and I, I mean, I know from the outside, I saw, and as soon as you got pregnant, uh, like a noticeable change in. It wasn't every, an enjoyable thing. No, I'm because... not saying it was enjoyable, but it was noticeable for me to watch you get pregnant and then go. It's kind of like, all right, we're pregnant totally. now. You're at the top of the roller coaster, and then it's just yeah, panicking the whole way. Yeah, and down. so we we had our six week scan, and as soon as we saw them. It was like, I just started crying because it was like this heartbeat that mm. was beating away. And I feel like the universe was looking out for us that day because they went, you know what? You're actually two weeks ahead 
So instead of us being six weeks, oh no, we're three weeks. So instead of being six weeks, you're yeah. actually nine. And so it was like even more of a relief because like, oh my God, I've got three more weeks than what we had before. Like we're even further down. And it was a really nice, really big relief mm. to see that. But the relief didn't end. Like it wasn't no. enough for me at no. least. Because I, I thought- It was just one tick of many ticks to come. Well, I thought everything was going to change. I thought Amy would just go, ah, oh, great, we're past that hurdle. No. If anything, it, it becomes more intense yeah. because you, you love them the more. The stakes are higher and higher, and higher and higher. And every scan, they're bigger and you start to know them more and there's more to lose. So I think what you said to me was, I'm not going to relax until they're in my arms. Yeah. And I went, strap in because little did we know <laughs> well exactly but i was like okay and for me like and i mean this is for any partner out there like I, i'm not going through what amy's going through uh, i'm only going through what i am um was that i was like okay shit i've got months nine ahead. nine eight eight months of just this crazy lady <laughs> i'm just going i'm the village crazy lady <laughs> Just trying to manage emotions, emotions, and you know the times where you know it's like what the doctor said to me. He goes, you know, you're thinking about this because I'm. We're talking about it. You didn't. You weren't thinking about your left big toe until I just mentioned it there and I. So you were pregnant. You got pregnant. So everything you're going to feel times ten anyway. Totally. Um. So whenever you'd said that, I was like, okay, okay. It's going to be a long time. It's going to be a long process um, to get to the end, which is a baby in Amy's arms. So cut forward to to six weeks ago. Um, And my so my body does this really great thing where it's like wants to go into labor weeks before um i'm due so for weeks i have known that my body wanted to have a baby and i could tell he was ready to pop out and i would so, have contract like these braxton hicks pains all the goddamn time. you had them you had them all the time seven months ago oh my god all and the time with <clears throat> with poppy well with poppy i mean poppy was a week early with noah you were in labor for two weeks and then he was 11 days early yes and so <clears throat> with poets it was it was like you'd started labor after, the, after that scam <laughs> so anyway let's <clears throat> we'll go to 36 weeks and my lovely husband gifted me covid <laughs> before that um do you want to talk about the, the flip Oh, yeah. So a few weeks before I had felt really uncomfortable in my stomach. Like I felt like it was being ripped apart and pushed open and whatever. And then I could feel him flip from head up to, no, sorry, head down to head up. So he would be in the breech position, which is not ideal and not what you want. And so I was in my panic mode going what the hell am I supposed to do and text my midwife 
who was in Bali at the time, which was perfect timing. So she didn't get back to me. And so I went into problem solving mode, Googled everything and spoke to a nurse friend. And I did things like ice his head to force him to flip. I had music playing down near my you had a torch. I had torches on there to <laughs> go like, towards the light. Towards, like I did everything. I looked ridiculous. I was down there going, hello, hello. And then I thought he had flipped because again, I could feel that like big movement. So I was like, oh, I, I'm, I think it's okay. I think it's okay. Then Patty gets COVID. Well, we the, ha- oh, hold on. The interim midwife. Are you just wanting to avoid me talking about the fact? No, no, that no, 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 no. But the interim midwife. This all comes. Oh, through, sorry. Uh, so the interim midwife checked Amy and went so, oh, I, externally I was... and went, oh yeah, that feels like a head. So then Patty got COVID. Then I got COVID, which we have avoided for three years. I know. So and I'm was kind of pissed off about that. Bizarre. It was runny nose, and then I was like, ah, oh. boom. It was positive. COVID. And then. I got COVID, which I had heard horror stories about pregnant people having COVID that they're going to end up in the hospital and they can't breathe. And so I'm freaking out again, going, I'm going to die. And so I actually had one day where I did want to die. I felt like I had been set on fire and beaten. And then the next day I had kind of like burnt it out of me and it passed through me really quick. Like we had complete different um, symptoms. Mm. Patty was very coldy. Mm. I was like fevery, really achy. But then you're, you got a, a very faint result day three or yeah. two, and then a negative the after next day. the next day. So from day two or three, say three, you were negative. Yeah. As was, as was I. But because we were concerned, Patty had called my midwife who was now back and said amy's got covid like what do we do we need to do anything and she was like oh let's just hope the baby doesn't arrive now um but you'll need to move hospitals because the hospital i was going to go to wouldn't take me and i had to go to another one because they've got their special covid rooms. areas rooms so to put that in the context the hospital that we were going to go to is a six minute drive away uh, the new hospital was 35 minutes away. Not ideal. We'd never been there before. And it was, and it was um, and these like rooms to... with like a double entry and like an airlock. Um, and then staff were required to have full PPE. But also, I like to know things. Like I'm a Where's bit the ice machine? control freaky. Like if someone gives me directions, I need to have the next five directions so I can see in my head what what's going on. So the fact that I had never been to this hospital, didn't know where maternity was, I was like, this is not what my brain needs right now. But anyway, she was like, hopefully the baby doesn't come now and we can avoid it. So then my waters broke. (laughs) That was, yeah, it was kind of like I called on the Wednesday or Thursday, the Sunday. We'd been at Noah's kinder graduation and I felt horrible i was so uncomfortable i cried and had this full breakdown and patty was like just sit down um it's everything's fine like just sit down and rest so i sat down and went whoa my water broke 
And Patty's like, are you sure? I know. Are you sure? No, I didn't. I could literally, I felt like I had wet my pants. There was water pouring down my legs. So I was like, yes, my water's definitely broken. Either that or we need to get you adult nappies. Bit of both. And so we called the midwife and yes, I would have to go to this other hospital. But then she also informed me that I would be considered um, preterm because I was 36.6 weeks pregnant. Mm. But if I was 37, I was full term. So this point it was like nine o'clock at night. And I'm like, but in three hours, I will be full term. And she's like, I know, but you'll be preterm and they'll have to hook you up to antibiotics and all this stuff. And I'm like, but it's in three hours, like three hours. They have procedures and protocols and they will stick to them. Yeah. So we were like, we're on our way to the hospital. We'll see you soon. Wink, wink. (laughs) (laughs) So we very casually just got our stuff together. Um, like the roadworks was at 40 on the freeway and I'm just like I'm cruising gonna, yeah, down. Yeah. And then once when it went back up to the speed limit, I was like, okay, I'll just cruise back yeah, up to the speed limit. Time. Unfortunately, we did get there a bit early. We did. But um, at this point, my contractions weren't that bad. So it was all okay. They were starting to get a bit more full on when we got there. And so we went into our special COVID room um immediately we were both negative at this point and had been for a while we had so Uh, it was am i allowed to jump in on these like every now and again you're not gonna like oh i'm gonna yell at you after um (laughs) um so when we got into the room because we had discussed salt lamp and um essential oil diffuser diffuser and so we got in and it was like this just room and midwife was in ppe and i'm like okay Salt lamp diffuser. Oh, yeah, we'll sort that out for you. So there was nothing. And I'm like, weird. I got the oils out. That was my one demand. <laughs> yeah. She said they would provide anyway, so it wasn't really a demand. And so anyway, we're in this room, and um, I like the room to be super chilled, like nice and dark, have my salt lamp, all that stuff. And eventually we did get it, which was nice. Didn't get a salt lamp. Did we not? Oh, I didn't even no, that. no, but we we managed the lighting like of the cabinet. <laughs> yeah, we had but it really, really dim. Yeah. Really nice music, um, and so Libra playlist. Actually, is your playlist public? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, if you look up Spotify, Amy yeah, Harvey, see, it's a good. Playlist. You can actually look at his Libra playlist, and it's really, really nice. Yeah, if you like like cruisy, folky, like Agnes Obel, Ziggy. Um, Ben Howard, Gregory Allen Isakoff, that those those vibes. Yeah, really nice. Um, and so labor, go into it. Contractions are getting more full on, not having lots of fun, but it's all good. And again, going through pregnancy, you are worried that you're going to have a repeat. But one of the joys, and I say that very loosely, of pregnancy is that people tell you their horror stories and the amount of people who told me about stillborns was unnecessary. Mm. But then obviously it pops up everywhere as well. It's all, it's everywhere. And And these are people that knew 
what had happened. We'd lost the baby. Yeah. Like, oh my god. But it, it wouldn't even matter if you have you hadn't. thought of, have you thought about stillborns? You, even if I hadn't, like, who the fuck tells a pregnant person about a stillborn? What is wrong with you? Mm. Like, this still baffles don't, me. Just don't. Just don't do it. Just go. That's so exciting. You must be so excited. Just keep I'm happy. so happy for you. Yeah. Oh, you're gonna have a great time. No, don't talk about you're that. You're gonna love it. Pregnancy and it's gonna be so and labor's gonna be easy. Yeah, you just keep it just happy. Just do that. Keep it keep it chill. Chill vibes. Chill vibes.com. Anyway, so I was so worried that I was going to lose this baby. Like again, it had just gone on from the miscarriage to to a stillborn, whatever my brain went to. I just wanted to know he was okay. And so they have a monitor on him, um, but it kept beeping. And so every time it would beep during labor, I was like just staring, going like, is, is everything monitor. okay? And so our midwife, when it got to this show, like Patty had, had described, her I'd had it throughout. So I'd had her the whole way through. And she'd always been really nice and whatever, but it's like Patty always says that it's like she got stage fright or whatever. The first warning sign was that she never checked to see if I was dilated which I know that from both other times, that's the first thing they do is to see how dilated you are. Hmm. And she never checked. She had done an external examination and went, yep, that's a head. Yeah. So she thought the head was down, but that's it. Externally. Hmm. And so um, what was I going to say? So yeah, anyway, so during it, she just didn't talk to us. She didn't say anything. No, like, words of encouragement. No, like, don't worry about that beep. It's just whatever. And so because this monitor kept going off, Patty was like, can you just let Amy know that the baby's okay? And she's like, oh, yeah, no, he's fine. That was it. And then throughout labor, as it's getting more intense and I'm um, now pushing at this stage, um, I'm getting really like overwhelmed and frustrated and, you know, all the, all the different emotions that come with labor. And Patty was like, I think that you need to give Amy some like encouragement or mm. words of like, you know, well, there's just, a, just anything. There's really. only so much I can do. So I've got oil. I'm rubbing it in <laughs> Amy's back for five hours nonstop. I'm telling her she's doing a great job. I am like, ignore that beep. Everything's great. And I got to the point where I'm like, I'm not a medical professional. I've seen a lot of ER and a lot of those shows, but I'm not a medical professional. And I was like, I need backup. And I was like, that's why I was looking at the midwife going, I think Amy just needs a wee bit of reassurance that everything's okay. Because Amy's probably going, Patty's being so lovely. Tell me everything's okay. But he knows fuck all. What's the midwife got about, to say? about what a heart monitor is doing on our baby? And so it even to the point where, as I'm pushing, and I I said to her, I'm like, "Do you think I'm ten centimeters like dilated? Do you think I'm ready to push?" And she said, "If you feel like you're dilated, then you would be." Like, what the fuck is yeah. that? How, you, pro- how, how, you probably. I also oh, yeah. feel like my vagina is going to fall out of my body, but that's not necessarily going to happen. So, you know, maybe you could check, but she didn't Graphic check. Content. Sorry. Um, 
And so she, at this point, as I'm pushing, she called in another midwife because she said that there needs to be two of them present when the birth is going to happen. Which is soon. In my mind, I'm like, hell yeah, this baby's coming out really soon. This is great. Mm. And so again, I'm pushing and pushing and pushing and she leaves for to do whatever, um, still in silence, may I say. And the other midwife actually comes over and she's like, hey, you're doing really well. Mm. Like this is going really great. And she actually spoke to us, which was amazing. Um, she acted like a midwife. And so anyway, she came back and the pushing sensation just started to dull a mm. little bit to the point where I was like, I just feel like something is wrong. Like, I don't feel like this is progressing very well. So she finally checked me after like six hours or something. You were pushing for over an hour. I was pushing for over an hour and she she checked me and she went, oh, that's a foot. And immediately I knew that it was all bloody over and that this baby was in breach. Um, and if you don't know, majority of breech babies, it means feet are down when the head's supposed to be down. They can be very complicated. I know that people can have breech births, but they can be very complicated. Mm. Um, and his foot was like actually wedged into in the, in the in, canal. Into yeah, the canal. He, he was, yeah. And so he, well, they could feel it. It was that, that yeah. close to, yeah. Um, but he was stuck like in the, he wasn't going to come out. And so the doctor comes in, the surgeon, and immediately you can tell he's quite pissed off. He's an Irish doctor, man. Obstetrician, yeah. Michael, Michael. Michael Irish, last name. I'm not going to tell his last name. Um, You could tell he's quite pissed off and he was mm. like, yep, we need to get this baby out. Um, And so it was an emergency C-section time. Now I had been through this with Poppy, so I was kind of like, I know the drill. So I'm trying to switch my brain from I was just about to give birth to my last baby and now I'm having an emergency C-section. I'm going to get cut open. So I'm going through that. But also at the same time, I'm like, let's just fucking do this. Like, I don't want anything to go wrong with my baby. Let's get him out. And this is where I jump in. So admiration section. (laughs) Give me no pain relief at this point absolute weapon uh in the uh, in the birth and suite and um this like team of midwives come in and they go okay so so they're like amy you need to stop pushing after over an oh, hour okay. pushing to go every time you get a contraction you need to not push just breathe through it and she's going okay 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 now at this point amy's hardly made a sound just breathing the whole way through it must have been that oil i was rubbing into your back um and so what happened was these midwives have gone, okay, Amy, we're actually going to have to get you to stand up and walk through the double door section of this chamber bedroom that we're in to the outside corridor to get uh, onto the, the, the stretcher to go to theatre. Walking in labour so, isn't easy, just as a side note. Well, that's, that's, what, that's what the point of this part is, is because Amy stood up, and like took a few steps and then went and then they went oh are you contracting and she went yeah but then just kept walking and then these midwives are like holding her hand going are you are you contracting now and she's like yeah and they went okay have you had pain relief and she's like 
no. <laughs> and and they went. I was in base. Oh my god, you're wow, you're really incredible. And I'm like, fuck yeah. I'm like packing up all our shit because mm-hmm. I don't pack again. Go back I just, you but just go into like you're in the zone i was in the zone and i wanted to stay in it and i wanted to get that baby out yeah i, I don't care like whatever needs to happen and I, that's been my mantra the whole way like whatever you need to do like we'll just do it it's the avengers whatever it takes whatever it takes um unfortunately captain america wasn't there <laughs> so and, I, and i'm gonna do my own separate episode because then i can tell my version of this after everything I've done for her, she oh, still whatever. says shit like that. Anyway. Chris Evans doesn't know what delivering babies. I'm sure he'd be amazing. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. So we get down to the surgery room. Next complication. May I just say from here, it is a real shit storm is the only way to describe mm. this. Um, so in order to have a cesarean, you need to have a spinal tap. Is that what it is? Or an epidural? Epidural. Spinal tap's a movie. Check it out. Epidural. And where they put this big ass needle in your spine and you are numb from the chest down because they're going to cut you open. And so the anesthetist came in and he had his big stabby needle and he, I sat on the bed contracting, so in a lot of pain. And he, they were like, there were all these other people around holding on to me, like crouching me over. And he's trying to put this needle in my spine, which is very painful. And he couldn't do it, he could not get it in. And so I have him stabbing me in the spine full contractions going on and people shoving me into a crouching position. Sit forward, sit forward. And this went on for half an hour and they changed me from lying down on my side to sitting up, crouching me over, needle after needle Mm. after needle. And I was like, I just wanted to die because it was so like mentally overwhelming and I could feel myself getting like panicky because i'm in so much pain i'm trying not to push trying to crouch i'm trying to help all these other people i'm worried about my baby Mm. and it just went on forever and like at this point like the surgeons are looking through the window like what are you doing and they're wanting to look at the baby's heart monitor and they're going like hurry the fuck up pretty much well this is the thing and this is where i'll do this part because you you were in your own zone yeah i'm seeing everything that's going on right so yeah, they'd laid Amy down after they'd sat her up. And I'm like, just Amy's the only Amy and I looked at each other the entire time. So it was like, tell me what you want her to do, and we'll do that. <clears throat> Lay on her spine. The anesthetist went through five needles, mm. which is not normal. He kept saying, just bring me another one, bring me another one, bring me another one. During that period of time, yes, the surgeons were in this door over here looking through and they're tapping on the glass, going. I need to see this monitor. The nurse is showing them the monitor and you can see them getting really agitated. And I'm like, yeah, this is taking quite a long time. And at this point it was up to 15, 16, 17, 18 minutes. And then all of a sudden out of this door, <clears throat> another guy appears and he calls to the anesthetist, whatever his name was, let's call him Jim. Jim. Yep. Yeah, right. He said, have you done blah, blah, blah. Yes, I have. Okay, great. And then he mumbled something or other. And then next thing, this other guy walks in. Jim takes a back seat. And, saves and this day. guy goes, hello, my name's Paul. 
I'm going to, um, you know, put in the, the he um, was like the senior anesthetist. He was, he was this guy's senior. And he is amazing. Then, then the surgeons come in and so then, then it was action stations for C-section. But then they were like, you could tell this guy, Michael yeah. was again going, okay. So obviously a lot of time has passed in between whenever I assessed you. So let's assess you again, assessed. And he went, right, we'll be back. So they had to go out, scrub in and then come back again. Yeah. And so by this point, I'm like completely numb, um, covered in a sheet and we're lying there and they're like, right, let's get this baby out. And so I'm lying there and I look up and the light above me, I can actually see the reflection of them cutting me open. And I'm pretty sure I saw an organ come out and I'm like, right, I'm not going to look at that because that's disgusting. Well, you told I me. I don't want to see my body. <laughs> we both looked up and I'm like, you don't look at that. And you're like, okay, no worries. Because you can't not look. It's like a car crash. Like you're like, I shouldn't look at it, but you look. And I, But then when I saw like my parts coming out, I was like, I don't, I'm mm. going to pass out or throw up. And anyway, <clears throat> then we see poet coming out and we can see this little baby being pulled out and i'm like oh my god it's this is it this is the moment and he comes out and it is like deathly quiet i and i said it, it it looked like they pulled out um like a a, a a string of sausages he was just completely limp non-responsive and there was no sound. And they brought him over to the table. Well, they said, they cool said, blue, code cool blue. blue. Yep, yep, cool and blue. And so in my mind, I was like, holy shit, the thing I have been worried about all year is actually happening right now. And we were lying, we, I was lying there, and Patty was sitting with me, and we were there for about, what, 10 minutes? And again, and like, in silence, not- just like, like, I'm not going to be like, can you please tell me what's going on? Because yeah. they're doctors and I want them to do whatever they need well, we're to not, do. We're not the type of people who'll sort of scream no. and shout. But and, at the same time, I'm like, because... is everything okay? Like, what is happening? And so the anesthetist came over to us and he's like, hey, just letting you know, he's a little bit sick. Um, so we're just working on him to make sure he's okay. And so I obviously can't go anywhere and I'm just lying there going, oh my god and so then they eventually said to patty come over you can see him and they said you you do this bit because you were there Mm. yeah so so they were like um dad do you want to come over and i'm like yep and i walked over to this trolley which was hooked up to like a a gas line and everything and poets lying there and they had an oxygen mask on them and the doctor who was it was it was he was amazing and he said look um so he's having a little bit of trouble breathing so we're doing a bit of breathing for him we obviously want him to do it on his own and i was like yeah and i could see when he put the mask on the the chest cavity sort of fell and then drop um and there was this little hole at the top of the oxygen mask where he'd put his finger on top and poet's chest would fill up and then release and then i heard this little ah and that was the first time I'd heard any noise come out of him. And he goes, okay, that's good. That's better. And I'm like, what, what, 
what what what's what's happening and he said um sometimes babies get a little bit stunned whenever they're they're born and he goes it usually lasts maybe two minutes and he goes but now we're up to over 11 minutes now and um yeah so we're just gonna help him and i'm like is he like i i i, I was as confused as amy mm. was and all i wanted to do was reassure you know us that everything was okay so i'm like is he is he has he gone without oxygen and he said no not with us and i said what about in in inside and they said well they're testing the placenta right now which is pretty incredible and he said no no he was he was never without oxygen and i said great and he was just he was floppy and so i started tickling his feet and lifting his arms and again it was just it was just like sausages it was just <clears throat> really really limp um and i'm looking at amy because amy's lying there I can't <clears throat> there's people stitching all. her up she's eyeballing me and i'm looking at her going he's okay he's okay he's okay and then you heard like a gurgle through his lungs and i was like oh okay and they're like okay that's better that's better and i'm like what the fuck is what is like going on is he alive like i, di I didn't i think that was the thing i didn't know if he was alive or not um, but I was just reassuring Amy that everything was okay. And so um, he started to move his chest a bit more and they went, okay, so that's good. So we're going to go up to a ward now. And I'm like, okay. And then you're going to come with us. And I went, Amy needs to see him. And they said, uh, yeah, okay, okay, okay. So they unhooked from the mains gas and everything. And all these alarms started going off and he goes, oh, what's going on here? And I can see oxygen levels dropping on the monitors. And I'm going, what the fuck? He plugs it back in. They go back up. And I'm going, oh, my God. This is not <laughs> this is not good. And so he sorted it out and said, all right, we're going to go upstairs. I'm like, wheel him over to see Amy. So Amy's, say, down here. The trolley's up here. Uh, and they wheel him over. And I pulled the blankets away. But I couldn't say anything. I could just see blankets. And then they mm. were all gone. And then we left. And then, so we would, <clears throat> I was in that room for hours in recovery. Um, but mm. no, but so at this point, the surgeon came over to me Michael. and he was so good, but he was really annoyed. Mm. And he's like, I just want to let you know that I'm really pissed off that you had to push for an hour. And I feel like this all could have been avoided. Um, so I'm going to insist that there's an investigation about this because I'm really annoyed that you had to go through that. And I think it was completely unnecessary. And I think that was like the point where I, because I'd been in such a labor zone that I went, something went wrong. Hmm. Yeah. It's like that moment something, you go, oh yeah, that was really, it, that it, was really it, shit. This should never have happened. And yeah. there was a lot of time when it could have been prevented. And that was like my first time of going, something bad happened here. And then it, he left and the anaesthetist was with me for a while and he was really good. And then he left and then literally I was just lying there throwing up quite a lot um, by myself for hours. And I didn't know where Patty was. I didn't know if Poet was alive. I didn't know what he looked like, what was happening. No one said anything to me. Mm. And then eventually they're like, right, we're going to bring you up to the maternity ward um, and then when I went into the room, Patty was waiting for me. Mm. Um, but he was 
alone. There was no baby with him. No. And so while Amy was in recovery, I was in um, neonatal. In, and he was in a, Paul was in like a, an enclosed crib. And the staff there were phenomenal. And they were sort of a bonnie. The, this nurse was telling me that's his oxygen. That's his breathing. That's his heart rate. So I was just watching it like a hawk. And I'm after a while, I kind of went, where's, where's my wife? Where's, where's Amy? Um, she's in recovery. And I'm like, okay, for how long? Why? I said, we need to like get word to her that everything's okay. Because I don't think she knows that he's alive. Yes, no worries at all. We'll do that. And anyway, time passed, time passed, time passed. The doctors came in again because his oxygen dropped. Um, they came back in again, checked him. He was okay. And then I didn't realize so much time had passed. And then um, they came in and said, oh, well, Amy's going to be going into a room. Why don't you come with us? By the way, you can come and go as you please. Everything's cleared because of the whole COVID thing. Um, you can come and go as you please. Great. So I went through a few corridors, sat in the room. They brought Amy in. And the nurse in that ward went, right, so now you're here, you can't leave. Yeah. And I went, what do you, what do you mean? They, they said I could come and go as a place. Nah, nah, I'm not. You guys are stuck. In this room. So for the next five hours, we, we were, were just sitting in this bloody room. Just waiting. With no one. And so. And so I still hadn't seen him. I, I had just seen photos of what like, yeah. Patty had taken photos and so eventually they came in and they said that Patty could go and visit him. And so I was like, Can and this you was this is, so I hadn't seen him for was it nine, 10 hours. Ten at this or, point. Yeah. yeah. And you know, cause you want like skin on skin. You want That's a long all, time. All like, it's a long and you're time. like, also, I want to know if he's okay. Like, I don't yeah. even know what he looks like. Um, and so Patty, they were like, you can go and visit. Cause I can't move. I'm, I had, couldn't walk. And so Amy goes, take videos. Take videos, please. And so Patty went in and thankfully they said that. Yeah. I was like, I'm gonna take videos. He could come in. And she's like, Well, I think we can do a little bit better than that. And I walked in and looked at the enclosed crib and he was gone. And I went, Where is he? Where is he? And they went, He's right here, right beside you. And he was in like a little cot, one of those little perspex cots. And it was the best because Amy was texting me and I just didn't respond because I'm like, I'm going to give her a really big surprise. <laughs> so I get back around to the ward. And I'm like, oh my God, I got him. And then what do you know? The nurses have to put their fucking PPE yeah, on. Ridiculous. So, <laughs> and I'm like, Amy's in that room and eventually wheeled him in. And so the three of us were stuck in the room together, <laughs> but it was so nice because he was fine. He was all good. Yeah. Um, and so from that point, we had like the head midwife come in and say like, obviously something went wrong here. Um, and so she got our story and was going to put in an investigation as well. And like every midwife we spoke to from them was so amazing and caring and, and, apologetic. and apologetic. And um, yeah, it's mm. it, even though it was not a ideal labor it worked out ultimately end. it worked out and and again I'll, I'll sing your praises yet again so please em go on. emergency <laughs> cesarean that was on monday morning he was born at what 6 55 a.m 
you saw him for the first time four or five p.m. Mm. Um, the food was pretty rank. Oh we my got, god, we got some um, food is got some Lebanese food. Final, so we can't leave, right? But we can get Uber Eats. Yeah, make it's, sense of that for us because it we didn't couldn't, make any I sense. I couldn't leave the ward, but they could get, we could get Uber, Uber Eats, Eats brought into our. You know, Thank God, though, because that saved us. We had like Lebanese food, dips. And dip. we got coffee in the morning. Yeah, we got coffee the next day. Anyway, it was so good. But um, yeah, so we we had uh, so the Tuesday the doctors came in, they assessed um, poet, they assessed Amy. Um, yep, you're walking around, amazing. You're you're going for a wee, amazing. Mm. And then um, I had booked in the capsule to get fitted for the Monday texted the guy and went, obviously I can't get it fitted today. I'm at the hospital. Oh, what about five o'clock? Mm, don't think that's going to happen. And then he goes, what about tomorrow? And I had said, well, if I leave this ward, I can't come, come back. back. And Amy's meant to be in the hospital for three days. And anyway, I booked it in for five o'clock, spoke to all the doctors. Amy was doing so well. They went, yeah, you can leave today. I think they felt the bad. The day after? Like if you're up to it, and I'm like, yes, yeah, but I'm it's stuck because in you're this... a weapon. Let's try. Um, and so, what was it? You, yeah. So it was whatever it was. Thirty hours after a cesarean, yeah. Amy Harvey is... walks out of a out of a hospital. Well, and um, the thing is, yeah, I had kids at home, and also I'm like, I'm gonna be doing the same thing at home that I am here. I can't leave. I'm and in not a only that, room. the food is shit. If I had a left and they couldn't have, wouldn't have let me back yeah. in, Amy would have called for a nurse and it would have taken five minutes for them to get in because of the Plus the rest, because they're busy and everything. And, and they're busy. But anyway, I drove out, got the car seat fitted, drove back to the hospital. Amy and Porter we in the car. And we were out of there, drove home. Next morning, woke up, poppy tested COVID positive. Oh, yeah. Far out. Um, couldn't go to school. <laughs> one thing couldn't go to school and noah was home so we had amy on the bottom floor with poet we had uh noah on the middle floor and poppy upstairs and it was like running up and down going are you okay do you need anything it was mental (laughs) but yes it all worked out in the end Mm. it just wasn't what we thought would happen um but it yeah Mm. a good story and look if you can see this on YouTube, you can see he's there. Little poet. That's him. He's such a precious little boy. And so his name's Poet Cole. Poet Cole. So Cole is after my dad. His name is Colin. Um, so he's after him. But Colin doesn't like his name, so we changed it. <laughs> no. But also he, um, it's funny because like people would ask me about like magical stuff to do with it. And in the weeks leading up, I had been getting a lot of like Artemis vibes. Like I kept saying, I feel like she's around um, someone I've never really connected with before, but I definitely feel like she's here. I was like super drawn to her. Um, and then, so Artemis is a goddess who protects women and newborn babies, um, like women who are in labor and newborn babies. And I thought that was really funny that she came in and then everything that had happened with the labor, but then also he was meant to be a Capricorn, but because he was early, he was a Sagittarius, which is a bow and arrow and Artemis has a bow and arrow. 
So I feel like she was definitely there with us. And now she, maybe she just really wanted him to be a Sag. Mm. So either way, she was definitely there protecting us, which was really cool. Um, mm. But I think the reason why I wanted to share this episode in particular is because um, it's not something that I think enough people talk about, especially um, like a miscarriage. Um, mm. I read this thing and it was like, what what was something that nobody ever told you um, about having a miscarriage? And no joke, I'd say 95% of the answers were how lonely you feel. And that really hit me because I totally... I totally understand that because even though I had support from Patty and my family were really good and I have beautiful friends, nobody understands hmm. what you're going through like you or maybe someone else who's also gone through it. Nah, but even then you're even the then only one exactly. that you feels physically connected to that what baby. What it feels like. And I felt extremely lonely because I was stuck in this bubble of grief and you are feeling so many different conflicting things like um you know should I be feeling like this should I like you know weeks have passed should I do I need to just get over it like how I remember long you should, putting your pressure yeah like I should feel yourself. better by now and I don't like why am I still getting upset about this or why am I feeling anxious about this and well I remember you thinking am I stupid for feeling this yeah, way yeah and you're not and and the the reason why I wanted to do this is for the people who have gone through and maybe it's to come or you're fearful of it or you have some kind of grief like that on your own is that you aren't alone and it is shit and you are well within your rights to feel whatever it is that yeah. you're feeling because at the end of the day that person no matter how little they were they mean something to you like that baby still they're a part of you some, it still it still means something to me i still will acknowledge when their birthday was like every time i see a bee i think of them yeah and they mean something and just because they were six weeks doesn't make them any less of a human um, or any less it's, meaningful than then, yeah. any any other person, any other baby that's born. Totally. I mean, I had I had someone very close to me. Uh, I'd say very close to me, um, and the the exact quote I heard from them was, "Well, she was only six and a half weeks pregnant," um, and I walked out of the conversation because i couldn't contain my um it was, it was a mixture of disappointment rage upset basically saying like get over it it wasn't you know? it wasn't like whatever valid. and and, and, I, and you know then i also had people very very close to me um after talking to them about it saying oh geez you think i was bad like my God, we lost one at 15 weeks and we could see its face. And I'm like... Like it was a competition. It's not a competition. I mean, I will say this. One of my very close friends um, sat uh, whenever I'd told him maybe a month later and he listened and listened and listened. Um, and he said, I can't imagine what you're going through. And he said, and Amy as well, especially, you know, for her to go through that, it's, it's horrible. 
Um, he said, I, I can't imagine what you guys are feeling. I, I only know what I felt. And I was like, oh, what? can you like remind me what, what? And he went, oh, um, we had three miscarriages and a stillborn. <laughs> and I was like, fuck, this guy has listened to me talk for 20 odd minutes, like decompressing and talking about you and me and didn't say a word until I asked him. Whereas there, whereas there were people like within the first few minutes who Very went, mate, that's horrible. That's horrible to hear. We lost one at, you know, 20 weeks and it was shit. It was shit. You know, it's, it's, it's funny. Like, and I get it. I get it. People try to relate to you and they try to relate to, to your relate problems. There are ways to compete. You know, I just, I just felt like there were people who, there were also people who went, oh, lucky you lost it early and not later. And I'm like, no. Man, we bought clothes for this baby. Mm. We like they had a name, you know. Yeah, like and and, and that I, basket of clothes sat there. Yeah, I couldn't even look at it. it I had it, to hide it. It broke my heart, and and this is the thing is what I was saying before is that people um, don't see all the little things that come with loss, like. To them, they go, yeah, we're six weeks, miscarriage is everyone, you know, it's yeah. very common and da-da-da-da-da. But they don't see me sitting in between two fully pregnant women while I'm waiting to see if I've lost a child. They don't see the basket of clothes that people have gone to buy for this person that they Out of love. Just excitement. They don't see the moment when they're sitting there going, today was meant to be the day that they were born people don't see that stuff and they just go, well, you should be over it by now. Like they weren't even here. Like it's, you know, you can move on to the next baby and all these things. And this is not just with well, babies. You can always try again. Always, that was another exactly. one. You can always try again. This is with any kind of loss. But for me, I can only speak of that, but it's like people don't see those little moments and they're the moments that make you feel so lonely. Cause you're like, nobody understands how I'm feeling and how except, shit it feels except, except for me. Yeah. And it's not fair and it's bullshit. And so that's why I wanted to do this is because I know there are a lot of you, unfortunately, who have been through, whether it's a miscarriage or fertility problems or mm. stillborns or, you know, like multiple rounds of IVF children and... who were already like they were well and truly older, like, or partners or mm. whatever. Every, every story is valid. Every story matters. Every child matters. Mm -hmm. Every single grief is important. And everyone goes through those moments of feeling totally alone. Mm -hmm. And this is just my way of saying like, you are well within your rights to feel how you are feeling and mm -hmm. fuck anyone that tells you otherwise. And I am so passionate about that because I have been made to be a villain because I was grieving and I was grieving in my own way and I was setting boundaries and people didn't like it. And I was made to be a baddie. And this was days after losing um, a child, days after. And I was made to feel bad for feeling grief. Yeah. And, and, and I'm sorry for the swearing, but fuck those people. Like you, you feel whatever you need to feel. And the way this also relates to like having a labor that is really traumatic and it doesn't go the way that you wanted it to go. And you are feeling um, grief for that. And you are well within your rights to feel 
bad. Mm. And yes, we have this healthy baby and, and all of that, but what happened was really fucked and really hard. And we're allowed to be upset about that. Just like anybody else who has a labor that doesn't go to plan or is a total shit storm or whatever, Mm. like you're allowed to feel whatever you feel and you can feel it for as long as you want. Like, obviously you don't want it to rule your life. You don't want it to take over who you are as a person, but if you need to grieve and feel and all that stuff, Mm. like do it. It's important to acknowledge and it's important to feel what you feel. Um, and <clears throat> you're completely well within your rights to feel anything that you totally. feel because you know you may be affected by something that somebody else isn't um so every emotion that you feel about this is completely valid and i feel like everyone's very quick to put their story onto you and how they responded um which is i think completely wrong and like you said, you know, you were made to feel like a villain. And, and a little bit more context of that was that you were made to feel like a villain because somebody showed up unannounced. Um, they were told not to come into the house because it was like the day after or two uh, days after. Yeah. Um, and they um, stopped talking to us. Because um, I said, I don't want to see anyone right now because they, I was literally still going through the miscarriage yeah, they, they they arrived on but then but then also they were annoyed because i didn't text them to say thank you for the flowers you gave me mm. like people don't like it when you yeah. set boundaries and don't live how they want you to live and whatever yeah <laughs> i don't care and maybe me five years ago probably would have cared but now, but what I did think, you expect? I think like we were going to let them I in know. and I think make after cups of tea going and through something like that. It really just was like you. We shut down. Do we you. went. We went into a bubble. The same way as you do whenever you have a baby. We went into a bubble, and we just said everything's about us right now. Everything's about yeah. Amy, and that's one hundred percent making allowed. Amy feel better and you recovering. Um, and that and, was it. And, the people, and it was there was no offense or anything. There was no like no, it aggression. Like it was just a, more like, hey, listen, it's probably not the best time. You should have told no. us. We live in the hills. Nobody lives near us. It's not like we have. But also, we hadn't heard from them at all, and yeah. they they had known what was going on, and we literally didn't hear anything for three we days. Would have three days it was. But um, anyway, it's just the people who respect the boundaries without question are the people you want and the people who are offended by them are the people you don't need is how is the lesson from it Mm. um and so yes that's why i wanted to do that obviously i know it's it's a bit of a low energy episode considering it's you know ultimately we have this beautiful baby and everything's Mm. great but i think the message of, of all of that is important because there are a lot of you out there going through stuff like that and maybe people in the future who will come across this episode and it maybe it will help and maybe it will make them feel not alone and that people understand hmm. and that their feelings are validated and totally reasonable yeah. and so i hope that if you are going through that that this helps in some way, in some way and yeah. if you have i hope that you feel not alone yeah 
And if you have um, comments or questions, um, we can always do a follow-up episode. Um, yeah. So if you want to ask questions about whether it be from Amy or from us, um, as yeah. well as, um, or you know, even just send me a private message. If you yeah, wanna. just just do that. And um, we can um, we can address that um, because I think also, you know, I think this kind of topic raises questions about what what, what happened whenever that happened or mm. what did that mean or how did you feel whenever that happened? So if there's any sort of um, uh, follow up questions, uh, shoot them through. But I, I do I admire you for wanting to do this because it's hard to to address it, especially because you're very private. Um, but. I think you're right like it's important to address it because either people don't want to talk about it um they're afraid to they're embarrassed mm-hmm. to or or I, and, and i also think you said i think people think it's um people feel quite lonely or they do like because not people... not that they're the only one going through it but that they can't communicate because look, look how many people did we not hear from well i was just um, gonna say a lot of people won't talk to you about it because they think that it's bringing up stuff that you're trying to get over, but really it's because it makes them feel uncomfortable. It's what it comes yeah. down to. And people, it's not their fault. People feel uncomfortable talking about stuff like miscarriage because it's not a nice topic and you don't need to talk about it. Yeah. But asking that person a week, a month, two months, six months, if they're re-pregnant again, asking people, are you okay, is important. And I think that people don't do it enough because in no point throughout my entire pregnancy did anyone ask if I was okay besides Patty nobody asked me like and I don't know if it was just I know everyone's got their own lives and whatever but I had mentioned that I was stressed I had mentioned that I was anxious and no one asked because it's uncomfortable and I think if you do know somebody that is going through um that just asking a simple are you okay will mean the world to that person and they may say i'm fine but it also gives them a safe space to say you know what i'm actually not Mm. and that's all people need is just to be heard and to be acknowledged and for someone to go i totally get it like you're allowed to to be okay or not it's Mm. it's up to you Anyway, we should probably go because you can probably hear our children are trying to kill each other. There may be a few edit points in this episode (laughs) if you're watching. Uh, And that's just because we're juggling poet sleeping. School holidays. My crazy hair. And um, Poppy and Noah trying to kill each other. But anyway, I hope that uh, you enjoyed this in in whatever way that is. I know it's a deeper episode well, yeah but hopefully you took something away from it we have a beautiful little baby here and we're very grateful and happy and all of that we are um that's, that's him he's so cute but um thank you so much for listening and yes if you did have questions let us know or you can send me a message if you mm. even if you want to talk about your experience and you just need someone to listen i'm more than happy to do that and Amy, as always, it was lovely to meet you. It, and, and and it was great to meet you. And there are our kids. Just <laughs> this is a, the soundtrack of the summer holidays, and I'm really excited that they are nearly. Uh, <laughs> Next week.
School is back. Next week. And I'm not one of those parents. No, we're not, but... But I kind of am at the minute. Yeah. Um, Love you all. Anyway, bye. Have a great night, day, evening, whatever.